absolutely absolutely it was so it's and it's just so funny to look back I I always say that to myself like and when when I'm with you and when we're talking with you know Ariella and our other friends and who are in similar situations I'm just like look look at how far we've come it's so it's so easy to overlook that journey but we've really come so far and I really think we all like we were all bound to be where we are there's no way I think so too we wouldn't have ended up in this place so I, I think, think so we too. Had known that then I know it's because it's hard I feel like we're our own worst critic it's hard to instill that belief in ourselves where it's so funny we like believe in each other so much and we build each other up with so much confidence but when it comes to that internal confidence that's the biggest struggle but somehow we found it and we made it I'm really proud of us. I am too. Yeah, we've come a long way. <laughs> but with that, there's a lot of sacrifice. Like we haven't been together. Exactly, exactly. I think that was one of the hardest transitions for me in dental school because we had such a strong bond with our pre-health friends and we studied together. We got each other through it, I think a lot of my like accomplishments and success in undergrad, I would not have been possible without the support of you guys. I say that with, you know, full confidence, there's no way I would have ever been able to get through it without you guys. And when it came to dental school, I, it was just a different type of journey. I didn't have that, that bond with friends in terms of our like academic like success together I found myself studying alone a lot Um, that's really all I did is is studied alone Um, I found it more comforting to study by myself than with others because unlike how we used to study I almost felt like it was more of a competitive nature when I studied with with other people whereas with us we would it wasn't competitive at all. It was like, all right, let's learn this together. Let's test each other. Let's help each other out. Cause we all wanted to help each other and succeed simultaneously. Whereas in dental school, it just, and I think also everyone's on different pages. I'm not sure how it is in sure. Buffalo, but with studying for exams here, I feel like I was always, I always felt like I was behind a lot of people because there was such a volume of material. It wasn't like undergrad where we would study for a test for like a few chapters in a book it was like, and I know it's the same for you guys too, just like volumes and like fire hose amount of material that you're just trying to like drink, but it's impossible. So I always felt like my studying, my schedule was just not quite at the same pace as everybody else. So I couldn't, I couldn't successfully study with other people. And that was one of the biggest challenges. Um, and one of the biggest surprises, because I think I was expecting it to be somewhat like undergrad because you know everyone has the same goals we're all here for the same reason the same purpose but um it was yeah definitely challenging in that sense and I think how it is for you it is and I think it's interesting that we didn't really become like the friend group we were until going into senior year right about it like the yeah the group of us and relationships like that take time to build true you went from having such solid ground to starting from square one and I think I was expecting to find my people yeah day one and it took I feel like now I'm finally finding my groove and like finding people that I can study with and that Mm -hmm. like 
build me up and I can build them up and we want the best for each other but it's hard it's hard like it's it's, it's not the very same as undergrad. no You're way chasing the same carrot and right you are always compared to the person to your left to your right like in the pre-clinic it was hard to like typically you don't actually get to see to visibly see how far behind you are on a project but in something like lab work where you have a whole bench mm -hmm. of people. it's thrown in your face you yes. can't ignore it yes yeah and then so in my face in college like we never talked about grades we all no. just looked at our own pace and exactly exactly um and I think especially for you I know that you guys have a rank system right yeah we don't we don't have that and I think that would be a, a lot of extra stress I mean yeah I have no idea I'd they don't make it known where our rank is um, in terms of our class. I'm sure somewhere someone knows it, but we don't have that available. Do you get to see where everyone's name is? No, okay. but, but there will be events for, for different, um, you know. Tiers, yeah. Okay, okay, you and you know where you stand. Yes, it, people figure it out, Kara. I'm sure they yeah. do. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah I feel like that would add a whole other level of it's hard difficulty like I I had a really great semester and morale was so high and then I got my rank and it didn't move at all and that just kind of yeah it's just and it's other layer to it that absolutely I do without I am not I, ranked it's, and I, yeah, I'm the same. I, I think it's so difficult because like you were saying, we're constantly being compared to each other. Like in lab, we see everyone's like, oh, you know, how'd you do on this or this, that? Like, I think having that added component of competitiveness doesn't help with, I don't see the purpose of it. So I'm not sure why UB does that maybe to make to light a fire under your butt but at the same time I don't see that making a difference you're gonna you're all gonna be dentists at the end of the day so why why put an, an extra stressor um not to say not to say pen is not stressful because trust me oh, they put a lot of pressure yep. on us too yeah. I think dental school in general there's just high expectations and there's it's kind of unavoidable to compare to not to avoid the comparison to other people and I think my one of my biggest challenges was like working with tunnel vision and not you know talking too much about about grades or I mean of course lab it's impossible you you're sit you sit like less than a foot away from each other so everyone's like you know of course but I think that's whereas in college it wasn't it wasn't like that not at all but but yeah, there, was one, there were many tests, Kara. Not even oh my gosh, written tests, but tests of yourself in those settings. Like, can you get over a situation that's really trying and difficult and like degrading? Yeah. And can you oh, pick yourself up and like do your best the next day? That's what it was really all about. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So did you know that Penn did not rank their students when you were applying? Was rank ever something that came in your mind? I didn't know 
that about Penn. Um, what I was looking for when I applied to dental school and kind of backtracking to what we were saying earlier, like I didn't have, even though we worked so hard in undergrad, I didn't have the most confidence in my application. I was like, oh, who knows? Maybe I'll need to take another gap year or my application isn't strong enough. Um, I shouldn't even apply to, to this school. Like, why am I even wasting my money, my time? Um, but I was just kind of applying to schools that I had heard good things about. Um, our good, well, my good friend from from undergrad, Danya, she was here. She was a second year when we were um, applying, and she kind of encouraged me to apply to Penn, even though I didn't really see the purpose in it at the time. And I was looking for a school that I felt like I would fit in. Um, both academically and you know socially I didn't expect to get an interview at Penn so when I did I was surprised but also excited and then at the interview I felt like the interviewees were very much a reflection of how I envisioned my dental school experience to be they were very inclusive. It wasn't like an interrogative process process that I expected it to be. Um, and I had good interviews at other places too, but I just, I had a, a good feeling about this one. It felt like, not to be cliche, but it almost felt like it was like a homey place that I could see myself at the next four years. Um, but I had no idea about the rank system or anything like that. I, I more just went based on what I researched, what I knew about the programs, and then at the interview, how I felt. And even though I had a few other programs that I had interviews, um, I just, I had a feeling that Penn was like the most similar to how I kind of operate in terms of academics and um, like social settings. So that's when I ultimately got accepted, that's kind of what sealed the deal. What's that? It's very intuitive of you. To go based well, <laughs> it, it's funny because, yeah, at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the perfect place. And, you know, every program has its pros and cons, but I do think um, there were a lot of unexpected surprises, both positive and negative um, in coming to this program that we can talk about. But yeah, so I don't know if instinct was my best <laughs> measure. <laughs> to talk to someone who has nothing but praises for their dental school experience. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think every program, Very you know, there can always be, yes, there can always be improvements. Yes. Um, I know we commiserate all the time about our administrations and the ways in which things are run. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day. Coming from union too. What the I think we were spoiled coming from union. Yes, yes, yes. The student is kind of placed at the center of their own little world. Exactly, and exactly. So individualized. It's so personal. It's so intimate. Like, mm -hmm. That felt like a family. I, yes. I feel more in the loss. A hundred percent. And one of my good friends, oh, what that? going from that to being a number in a big university system, like basically, I mean, for me, I, it feels more so like 
it's just so much less personal, like the state school versus school. And I don't know what private dental school is like versus state dental school. Very similar, very similar, especially because we have that same foundation of union. I think we're having a very similar experience um, in terms of dental school. We definitely were spoiled at union. And it's funny, one of my good friends who's here with me at, at dental school, she went to Penn undergrad. And just the other day, she asked me, she was like, you know, does the administration, did the administration at Union, did it feel like this, um, like how it does here at, at Penn and where it's so impersonal and like they don't really, like we don't feel like we have a say, which is often the case, unfortunately. Um, and I was like, no, like I felt so supported at Union I didn't even quit. It didn't even cross my mind. Like not, no worry, no concern about that. And I also, there was, there was a lot of support from the professors. They knew who we were. They believed, they instilled a lot of the, of our belief in ourselves, you know? And my friend was like, Oh, see, that's funny. Like at Penn undergrad, I didn't feel that way um, at all, but I don't know if it's just a, a big university thing too. We went to a very small liberal arts, intimate, personal, college so I think that has a lot to do with it as well um but I'm I'm happy we had that experience because then we wouldn't have had anything to compare to so we appreciate union that much more exactly it's like they would finish your sentences like I would go into health professions and I I once mentioned nutrition and it was Professor Weiss who told me Mm. about the program that I ended up going to yeah so they really like focused on what was unique about you and tried to personalize your path. I felt that way. Like, wow, I don't know if I would have come about this had I not been at a place like Union. So absolutely. And I think also with the health profession experience, I do think, you know, they were harsh and uh, they went about it in a way that at the time appeared you know, challenging and harsh, but I think there was a method to their madness because it really lit a fire underneath us um, for us to work that much harder. And I think that's kind of, yes, a hundred percent. And if you think about it, their method worked. We all, our whole friend group ended up getting exception into health professional school. So something about their method (laughs) Yeah. Works. <laughs> I won't question it. I won't speak. No, no. <laughs> Although at the time we were like, oh, oh my at goodness. The time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. But here. here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You're almost there. No. Almost the end of your third year. My God. Yeah. I know. It's just crazy to think that you are like on your way out the door. Like it is. Knock on wood. No, no jinxing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Karis Legazzi, the only one left behind. I know. No, you would never be. You would never. Be. Oh my that. gosh. I, I really hope not. But oh, yeah, I think bro, we're I all. You. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But our, my whole class. Um, our morale, I think, has, you know, slowly but surely been, you know, going up because we know that actually someone today told me 96 days until graduation. So countdown. <laughs> What's that? 
I've got 451. <laughs> we have countdowns on our phones. We're all psychopaths. <laughs> every day. Um, yeah. And it's also, it's nice because, and you'll experience this too, when, when you undoubtedly will match next year, but when we had match day, you will, I don't even have a doubt in my mind. But when we had match day, I, I don't think I've ever seen our school be in such high morale ever. Because, <laughs> you know, there is, it's easy to get down on yourself and just the days because they, they get so, you know, same thing every day, but also like mundane and monotonous. And there's a lot that you can complain about, as you well know. But um, so there's, you know, sometimes some negative energy, but match day, we were like, high spirits every all around um so I think it's the little things you kind of have to appreciate those steps and you know you guys will you're so close to that point yeah I'm so excited for you thank you (laughs) so was match day in person did you get to celebrate at school so usually they have a celebration, I think either like the day of or the week of where you get match shirts and you write, you know, I matched at so-and-so and take pictures and stuff. So we didn't have that this year, unfortunately, but they did, I put it over there, they did give us um, t-shirts that um, say, you know, my future is so-and-so and um, personalized uh, pen cooler bags. Oh my God. So I- <laughs> <laughs> so I think they want us to send a picture and we're gonna do like a virtual celebration so I've yet to do that but <laughs> but I think they I don't think they want it to go unnoticed so they want to do something um so they're trying their best to accommodate with you know the circumstances which I get but it's still not as rewarding as it would have been but you know it's okay but I mean what comes of it is most important exactly exactly that's right right it's not yeah it's not about the celebration it's about you know what caused the the celebration so exactly very exciting very exciting although terrifying that because that just means you're one step closer to graduating and one step closer to having dental degree and all the responsibility that comes with it but all all good things just mixed emotions for sure yeah and you earned it those four, they didn't just hand you that degree. You know, every, I feel like everyone works so hard at every, every dental school. They don't make it easy. That's for sure. They don't, they don't make it easy. No, but yeah. And I think that's what makes it so rewarding at the end. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you guys next year will have an in-person graduation. What about your, the seniors at at UB now? Are they going to have an in-person graduation? Yeah. What about you? So I think they're trying to work out something, you know, I don't know. It's all hearsay right now. Um, But I did hear that maybe if anything, they'll do something in person with just the members of our class and no family, which I'd be fine with. Um, I mean, it's not ideal. I'd love my family and other people's family to be there. But if it's, you know, just our class versus virtual, I'd rather have yeah. the members of our class together at least one last time like because it feels so anticlimactic exactly if you do it virtually you need right to just sort of ceremonial ending like you right can, there has to be it's, some sort of closure right right I know last year's class 
was really disappointed with how things, because like you said, you know, you work so hard these four years and then it adds up to this big moment. And of course, you know, unprecedented circumstances, no one could have controlled or predicted the COVID situation. But I think this year we are hopeful that they'll find a way around the virtual graduation and maybe give us something a little more safe, of course, if safe yes. way to do it. But um, if anything, but we'll see. They're all together every day in masks. Right. Why can't you all be in line in masks and then walk across right. the stage without the mask and then put it back on? Like, yeah, right. That seems very safe. I think you could have something in a controlled, safe way. I completely agree. And deserve that. we will all be vaccinated at that point, I think. So that's another factor I didn't even think about. Kara, are you still good? What's that? How's your symptom check? Oh, I'm okay. My arm's a little sore. Um, but I think I just need to keep popping that Tylenol <laughs> religiously. Yes. Did you end up taking Tylenol? I did. So and it didn't help. It was I was a little conflicted because the person giving me the vaccine told me not to take anything unless it was unbearable. But huh, that's not okay. a standardized like piece of advice. I don't think there's any evidence behind I know. I'm not I'm honestly so unsure. I've heard so many different things like don't take it before, mm -hmm. don't take it after, take it after, but don't take it before, don't take it at all. So I'm just like, you know, if, if, if one Tylenol is going to reverse the effects of the, of the vaccine, then probably shouldn't have been given it in the first place. <laughs> I did take it. And I mean, how can you not, especially if you, you got a fever, you know, like that's no joke. Yeah. How long did the, the symptoms last? I think I might have asked you that already, but I don't remember. I got it Wednesday at 4.15. Thursday morning, I woke up feeling fine until I got out of bed. And then like the aches start. I, I then noticed that I was really achy. And did you have to take the day off? I had class from home that day. Oh, good. Okay. I was That's good. Lucked out. And then the next day, Friday, I had clinic and I just took my temperature before school, like just out of curiosity, because we have to get our temps taken. Today. Right, us too. And it was 101.4. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Hope they let me in. Yeah. It went down. So I ended okay. up. Okay, so you were able to go in. Granted access. Oh, good. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Do you guys have to get tested still? Yes. We do too now. Yeah. Every week, even though we're getting vaccinated. Yeah. But I guess you can never be too safe. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, we're not really being tested in the fall before all the right. But neither were we. Yes. The irony of it all. We all have our methods. And we won't question that. <laughs> right, right. And of course, now, I don't know how you guys are being tested, but the test in the fall, it was the nose swab, you're in and out. Now, we have the saliva test. So we have to go in and spit in a vial until it's like, you know, a millimeter or two, a milliliter or two oh. full. And, you know, it's harder than oh it looks. Oh my God, Kara. Especially if you have some neurostomia. You better yes. Oh, absolutely. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. That's boards part two coming in right there. Oh my God. 
Okay, we have a Florida test too, but it's a swab. See, that's so much easier. I don't know why they make us. So yeah, there's a bunch of people like in rooms with their masks, like trying to like, and you know, it, it, the, the vial is like this wide. So you're, you're missing and it's like going down. Your oh hands. my God. <laughs> and we have to do it every week. It's, I mean, I understand I do, but I'm like, there's gotta be an easier way. <laughs> I know. Um, but the school has managed, like you haven't had any big outbreaks. Honestly, not really. I haven't heard of of anybody getting it in a very long time. In in the summer and the fall, we had some outbreaks, but it hasn't been recently unless, you know, people are keeping it hush hush, Mm -hmm. but nothing as of late. How about you guys? We've been fine too. I mean, after Thanksgiving, my class couldn't come back. Mm, They kind of preemptively held us back so that we couldn't bring any sort of mm. back to the school. Right, right. right. Kind of prevented it from happening if it were to, but it's been fine. We're open. Now. They did that for the D1s and D2s. Okay. They, after Thanksgiving, they didn't come back until a couple of weeks ago, actually, like end of January. Wow. Yeah. And now they're so behind on, on lab work. But yeah, the D2s, um, and we had a snow day last week. So the D2s haven't had a single practical for fixed profs yet. <laughs> and they're starting clinic in July. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> was affected the most? Like in the- By COVID? Yes. You know, I want to say in different ways, every class really was affected, but the most... I almost want to say the seniors last year because it was so, you know, came out of nowhere. Um, It was March. So a lot of them, like I think about the timeline and March is only, you know, less than a month from, from now. And I still have a lot to do. So I can imagine a lot of seniors were in the same boat last year. Um, And I think they kind of like threw them for a loop because they had to finish their CCEs online a lot of them had to come back while they were also like about to start residency. So I think it was a really stressful time for them. Um, it has affected our class, of course. We, we were out of clinic for three months. So I think a lot of the past few months have just been playing catch up. But I think we were less affected because we've had all this extra time to make up for that lost three months. Um, I know a lot of us have been staying in clinic longer, doing 12 hour days, just because, you know, it's out of necessity, like got to do what we got to do, get our requirements in. But yeah, if I really think about it, I think the seniors last year were hit the most. And they also yeah, they couldn't finish out their dental school experience like in person. So a lot of those cases that were supposed to be delivered, like crowns and dentures, you know, were passed down to, to our class. So that like final you know, shebang was never experienced by them. So that kind of, you know, is unfortunate. But I think they're all doing well now. So in the end, it, it worked out. But right. how about you guys? Who do you think was most affected? It's hard to say. I, I think everyone was affected in a different way. Yeah. It was, it was hard because I finally felt like I was, I was using my hands in so many different ways and in different mm. classes and was, 
finally feeling like I was developing the nest, mm -hmm. it was becoming easier and less thought was involved. And then we just went nothing. Went from yeah. it every day, multiple times a day to not at all for months. And right. as a beginner, I don't think that was helpful. Right. Forming my hand skills, but I feel like I did my first op in February of last year. Remember you were mm -hmm. coping through <laughs> in my second in January of this year. Like, right. Crazy. Right. Crazy gap. Crazy. Yeah. Especially when you're first starting, you need that consistency to really get those skills down pat. And yeah, that threw a wrench in, in your guys's experience. But I think, I mean, at least with you, I have no doubts that you're, that you picked up right where you left off and that you, you still have time to, Thanks, to really get this. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many unknowns. You just have to take each day as it comes. And I'm exactly really focusing on what I haven't done it's just like how can I get through today how can I give it exactly and then do the same thing the next day that's exactly what um I was actually talking to someone in my class about today it's kind of like step-by-step -step process you can't look so far into the future and think about how much you still have to do because then it prevents you you get overwhelmed it prevents you from doing what you have to do in that moment um, and I've found myself, you know, guilty of, of having the, that thought process. Like it's hard recently. I, I go to bed and my mind is just, no matter how tired I am, my mind always just spins and I realize, oh my gosh, I have so much still left to do. Like I'm so close yet. I'm so far from graduation. Like it's wonderful that, you know, I'm graduating so soon, but there's still so much to be done and accomplished in order for that to happen. So it's really easy to get overwhelmed with it all, but I think you said it really well. Like you kind of have to take things step by step, day by day. And that's like the best recipe for success, honestly. Mm -hmm. How do you stay organized? Do you use a planner? Do you use Google Calendar? I uh, honestly, like this most of my, so I, I have, um, a little notebook. I'm not going to show you because it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it's literally right next to me. It has a C on it <laughs> and polka dots. Um, so you can only imagine. So I'll write like to-do lists on there. And um, I also rely very heavily on my phone, on my calendar and reminders. Like I easily forget even just the littlest of things. Um, so I have to set reminders like I, I haven't, I've gone without floss for so many days and I, every day I tell myself like I have floss at school. I'm like every day, just grab it from your locker, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Every day I come home, <laughs> still no floss. So I finally put a reminder in my phone. So I need some sort of tangible list or reminder in order to stay. Cause there's so much going on. I, I don't think I'd be able to otherwise. I can't just rely on my brain. I would go nowhere fast. <laughs> I send myself texts all the time. Like I'll text my- I do that too. Yeah. I'll do that too. Yeah. I'll do that with my groceries sometimes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I always do that. I mean, yeah, there's, we have to, there's just so much that we have to remember. We can't just, yeah. <laughs> We're so funny. No. Oh. <laughs> 
And I, I will say, I don't think I was as organized uh, in the beginning of dental school as I am now. And I think it took clinic, like starting clinic and having the responsibility of other people, like patients, to really feel like I needed to find a way to organize myself and put all my ducks in a row. Um, whereas in the beginning of dental school, I felt like, you know, I was all over the map just with studying my study schedule. I didn't get into a good study routine maybe until like middle of second year. I kept trying new methods and nothing was really working any better than the, the last. And yeah, eventually, you know, I got into my group, but with, with clinic, because there's so much to remember, so much to take care of, so much responsibility for other people. I think that's the motivation I needed to really get my stuff together and yeah so now I have I have lists I have a little notepad it's it's (laughs) when it helps about you now right 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 you're exactly for yourself you're being organized for someone else's life exactly right exactly exactly and that kind of mindset is something that was also a transition going from you know us just developing our hand skills on something inanimate and we're you know they're just mannequins we're not there's no emotional attachment to, you know, real people that, that was a trend. I don't know how it was for you, but for me, the transition to clinic and learning how to kind of switch that mindset, like, okay, it's no longer just looking at something, seeing a job that needs to be done and doing it. It's like, okay, there's a whole person incorporated into this with real feelings and real emotions. And um, that was a big learning curve, but how, how is it for you? similar. I, I find that I enjoy school so much more now. I really didn't like preclinic. Me neither. Yeah, not me neither. I know some people loved it, but there was just no, it just felt so impersonal and so mundane. Yeah. Like you're doing the same. I'm burning plastic teeth one day after. Yeah. Yeah. The only feedback I get is a letter. (laughs) It just wasn't very gratifying for me. And not at all like we like to talk and that's <laughs> a big part of why I wanted to be a dentist it's not because like I'm obsessed with teeth it's like I like to hear right. people and I like developing relationships right. with people exactly exactly like my cup is being filled like I finally feel like it's mm-hmm. clicking and absolutely I'm much happier this year than yeah. the two you're finally starting to see your purpose. Yes. Which to me was really clouded the first two years. I was like, can I even do this? Like, am I good enough? I don't know how preclinic is for you, but the faculty in preclinic are a lot like stricter mm-hmm. and more crit- critique you more but not in the most beneficial of ways not productive. then no, no. Um, and I, I would often feel so frustrated in preclinic and I would question so much about my like competence and my abilities and whether or not I should stick with it. Um, and of course, obviously I, I did, but coming into clinic, I was, I realized finally like, okay, this is why I'm here. This is why I started this in the first place. It's so hard to see that when you first start because the relevance of dentistry, the real relevance, which is real people, isn't 
presented to you for the first two years. So yeah, I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges is getting through that hump and then realizing, okay, this is the light at the end of the tunnel that I've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You and I are similar that way. Just wanting to take care of people, wanting to get to know people on a personal level, but also knowing you're doing a good service for them at the same time. Yeah. I am so on your wavelength. Yes. Always. Vice versa too. I think about myself as a D1 and I would see the person to my left, like packing up, finishing the project. And then I would say, okay, I'm going to do a speed round. Like I'm going to do this really fast. And it would come. Yeah. yeah. And then cut another one and it would be terrible. And then Mm -hmm. I would get all sweaty and angry (laughs) stressed yeah yeah very familiar feeling yeah frustrated yes the first year I didn't realize the importance of like slowing down going slow Mm -hmm. to go fast I would be efficient but I had no hand skills like you you have to build those Mm -hmm. with time and with patience and you have to actually think about what you're going to do before you touch something with it. exactly yeah and be meticulous about it I think my I did the same thing I, I would get so frustrated and then I would just go through another tooth and go through another tooth and go through another tooth and then I got really good advice um, from an upperclassman actually and he said you know just give yourself one tooth take your time do that to the best of your ability and then that's it because in real life that's all you get is one tooth so I mean it it doesn't it does of course take practice so like when you're first starting of course you know use the handpiece touch teeth whatever but like when you get into the groove of things try to do just one crown prep and then let it be and then do another one the next day and try not to get so like worked up and frustrated about it I will say that advice really helps that's because you really you learn to value that one tooth that you're given so your brain kind of switches to like okay I have to do my best and so you end up doing a good prep because it's the only one you're given it's the only chance you're given yeah yeah so that really helps because absolutely apple box full of teeth unlimited supply of teeth and I would never go into one thinking like Mm -hmm. this is it it's like oh I'm I'm gonna probably go through 10 today yeah I have plenty you're right Yeah, yeah But I never really sat down thinking like I'm just focusing on one and because of right. that, I never did. So I did that too for, yeah, for the longest time. But in the end, I realized like 10 mediocre preps could have equaled one like excellent prep, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, but I, I realized that almost a little too late. Um, but so that's, that's advice to give to people starting out. It's try not to get worked up, just go slow. Um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears does go into pre-clinic. Literal. literal, literal. <laughs> so many tears. <laughs> yep. 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 You know, cutting yourself with the handpiece. Oh, yeah. I remember talking to you about an acrylic burr and a thumb. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Almost half my thumbnail. Yeah. Yep. Think of you every was... time. Was now, every time I'm conditioned to think of your thumb. It probably never ended up getting injured. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. It was close. It was close. And then there was another time when we first started out with our straight hand pieces. Um, <laughs> I, I look back and I'm like, oh my God. Um, I had the hand piece running with the burn in it. I don't know what we were doing. Like, you know, maybe like acrylic provisionals or something. 
and I had um, safety goggles on top of my head and I went to go with the burr running, went to go move the glasses down. I almost gave myself a bald spot. (laughs) My hair got wrapped in it and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Luckily, thank God. But it could have actually been an absolute disaster. And that's just, uh, you know, one one instance of the many like preclinical disasters. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, oh man, blood, sweat and tears, man. Well said. (laughs) but you get through it you get through it you're living proof I do think clinic I don't know how clinic is for you I know you said with the whole patient thing it's so much more rewarding but how are the faculty in your clinic compared to the pre-clinic faculty so we're at an interesting transition point because historically clinic was pass fail and mm-hmm. for our class, they just introduced graded clinic this winter, this new spring semester. Mm-hmm. So my first semester of clinic last fall was pass fail. Mm-hmm. And I was doing mainly profies. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have anything other than exams, profies, like, and I was getting all E's all the time because like just right. exam, exam, exam. So I would have had like a great average, right. but it was pass right. fail. Now you see, I'm finally... <laughs> I'm finally doing things and it's very frustrating because like I was doing a restoration on 29. It was a problem focused exam. A class five had fallen out and the faculty wanted me to use glass ionomer, which I'd never used before. Mm. Okay, Um, Just going off of didactic knowledge. I'm like, okay, like, is there a finishing coat you want me to apply? Like I've never used glass ionomer. And she's like, no, no, you don't have to use the coat. So I restored the tooth. It looks great. And like, I'm very happy with it. And she says, okay, like, it looks good. You did well. But because it was your first time using glass ionomer, I can't give you an E. I'm like, oh, well, well. See, how does that make sense? (laughs) An E translates to a 100 and an S translates to a 70. So that you go from an A to a C and there's no in between. So I found that very frustrating as has the rest of my class and we've been fighting it with little luck. But- Oh my gosh. A lot of S's and a lot of the times, oh, I've never worked with you before. You're a D3, okay, I, I can't really give you an E. So it's very, very possible that I'll end up with a C for clinic. This oh my week. gosh, that is so- unfair and so demotivating right. for you guys too because right. it's like okay well what's the point if I put in a hundred percent of my effort versus like 80 percent I'm gonna get the same grade it's that should I don't agree with pass pass fail clinic I really don't I think that's very unfair to you guys and also counterproductive I I really yeah especially if you do work hard like in your instance it's your first time. That's all the more reason for you to get an A because you did a good job. Like, right. where does that mind, where's that disconnect? I had direct vision. I didn't even have to prep it. It was so easy. It was such an yeah. E to get. Yeah. And <laughs> that's just, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's it's so brain. unfair. It's on. It's on. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't see, I don't see the purpose in making clinic pass fail. And also, it, to me, it sounds like, and I could be wrong, I'm just speculating, but I, 
I wonder if the administration tells the faculty to not give out easy E's. Just from what you're explaining to me, that's what it sounds like. Yes. But I think that's, they're probably saying that because they want you guys to work really hard to produce good work. But in a way that's counterproductive because even if you do work really hard, it seems like the faculty is not recognizing it. Exactly. exactly. So Even classmates do really good work and they're just getting S's. And it is demoralizing. It is. It is. I would See, be yeah. a rated clinic with numerical values. Like they also need to be calibrated. That's a whole other thing because some faculty will give ease, but others. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's not so subjective. Yeah. It's so subjective. How, yeah. They can't just implement this whole new system without having some sort of standardized process oh, or understanding. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? can't just implement no but they do oh trust me trust me yes yes i'm i'm all too familiar with implementing brand new uh you know uh situations and systems and we i've told you we the whole clinic changed for us too no with the new dean no oh so yeah the dean he came in maybe like two years ago um was it two at this point the end of your d1 or so yeah, like two and a half, maybe almost three years ago. Um, and we start, we did clinic the normal, or I should say the traditional way historically, our D3 year where it was, you were part of a group, a small intimate group with maybe 25 students, like half seniors, half juniors. Um, and you have a group leader, you get to know your clinic group really well, you have a set schedule. I was um, every Tuesday, Friday, and every other Thursday, I was in clinic. And then Monday, Wednesday, every other Friday, I was on rotation. And you know, we all got very used to our schedule. We all got very used to our clinic group, our clinic group leader, our clinic faculty. I found it really productive. And personally, I really liked how the system was run. Then the dean. Um, then it all changed. <laughs> then it all changed. And he told us, okay, listen up, starting. This is before COVID hit, too. He said to us, um, like, maybe beginning of winter last year, like, brand new clinic system, uh, you're all switching groups, you're all switching, like, clinic faculty and, and group leaders, the groups are now going to be double in size with the same amount of faculty, um, and your clinic schedules are completely changing, so you're going to have night clinic, mandatory night clinic twice a week, and this is how it's going to be. And no questions asked, thank you. <laughs> and then we were all just like, okay, I mean, that's one thing if you wanna switch around the clinic schedule, but do it for a class that's not halfway through their clinic experience. And also don't blindside people that are paying $120,000 a year for something that they signed up, for, something that they didn't sign up for. That's, that's one thing, like tell the incoming classes, like, hey, this is how the clinic schedule is going to be run and then slowly implement it because that's what they know they're going into. Exactly. exactly. So we were all really frustrated um, with that whole thing. Wow. And so, I mean, that's, that's, oh, and then COVID hit and we missed three months of clinic and we're like, okay, maybe we can like postpone this huge clinic change, not only for us, but also for the faculty and the staff. And uh, the administration said, no. <laughs> Of course. Wow. So, so after three months of not being in clinic, we dove into 
a new clinic schedule, right? Yeah, it's, and also with all the changes with, you know, the PPE and pandemic. So it's it's just so funny how like the administration is, and at UB too, like they don't give any regard really to how it's gonna affect the students or the, or the faculty. It's just like, they have this idea in their head and they have a proposed outcome that they think will be beneficial. And they're like, well, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And this is how it's gonna go. I'd love to spend Sorry. A, like a little fellowship up there and try to understand <laughs> like what it's like, because right. I mean, maybe they're trying their best, but it's, it doesn't feel that way as a, like, I'd like to believe that they're trying their best and that they can to make the school function efficiently and successfully. But as a student, it does not feel like you're considered right. in any of the decisions. In any of this, that's, that's the thing, right? Like even if they are trying their best and they want what's best for the school and for the greater, yeah, the greater good of the school, they don't implement or factor in any empathy factor at all. Right. And I know that, you know, it's not just about the students, but it's about the faculty that are, you know, providing their time and their efforts into helping us that are also experiencing this change. And who, guess who's not experiencing the change? The ones who are making the decision themselves. So they don't know like how the clinic floor is run. They don't know how it's gonna affect the ins and outs of everything. Um, so that's my, that's why it's frustrating for me because I feel like they have these grandiose ideas in their head where they think, oh, okay, well, X, if X, Y, Z happens, then you know, we'll get this much more production and this much more money. Uh, but they, they see tunnel vision. They don't see it's, but it's not just black and white. It's, there's such a gray area and that gray area is what's actually providing the money, which is the students and the faculty and the staff. Um, so it's, it's just ironic because we're the ones that are, you know, benefiting the school, bringing all this money and also paying to go. It's not just free labor. We pay to do labor yet. We're the ones who are taken into least consideration when all these, and I know you, you guys feel the same way, but I think it sounds like dental schools, you know, across the way, unless it's just you being Penn. I don't think so. We can bring back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it sounds like a common theme, yeah. unfortunately. Solidarity. I mean, I, I was always shaped by the experience of my dad who, mm. who said that basically like you don't have a say like it's your life you eat sleep, sleep, uh, sleep dental school like it, it right, sucks. Right. like so I'm going yeah. into it thinking okay this is hell I'm a, I'm walking into mm. hell and I was just expecting yeah. that and UB hasn't changed much since mm. there in the 80s same okay same characters literally same characters are there and oh my they, they say they've evolved a lot of the you know principles still seem pretty outdated and mm -hmm. I think it's a mindset thing if you if you focus on how great it will be to be a dentist one day and how this is what we've always wanted you can right past the misery but absolutely I've definitely gone through funks where I can't see the good and it's hard, Yeah. but ultimately right. like we are getting out of this situation, 100%. not permanent. 100%. Like, we will be able right. to have autonomy in the future. Absolutely. It's all worth it. That's exactly. Yeah. We kind of have to sacrifice these years and, you know, 
our time now um, and kind of just have to give into, you know, the authority. But at the end of the day, like I said, there is, there can be a lot of negatives that weigh you down, but it's about kind of like looking on or else you'll never get through. If you constantly focus on what you can complain about, then there's no light. Like you've got to see the good in it and see, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to be dentists. Not everyone can say that. So we have to appreciate what we're given, even though through the battlefield, it's, you know, kind of tough to see sometimes, but we're getting a degree at the end of the day, we go through all this for a reason. And there it is the purpose of it all. You get it. You get me. I mean, you too. Yeah, you too. You too. We get each other. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's funny that I had a whole list of questions I was going to ask you and I haven't asked one of them. (laughs) Well, you can still ask me if you want. Yeah, yeah, Kara, I'll ask you. What do you think was your biggest surprise about dental school? Um, I think kind of what I touched upon before. So I had this, this feeling going into it, this like gut feeling, as I described, like, oh, this place seems like the place for me. And, you know, in many ways, it has been in many ways, I've, you know, of course, I've learned so much, I've grown so much, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I don't know anything else to compare it to. And I am so appreciative of the experience I have. It's, you know, I'm not taking away from that at all. But I will say I was surprised by the climate almost of the school, um, just how especially starting clinic, not so much before that, um, a little bit in terms of like understanding from the administration in terms of like our exams and, you know, if we asked for a switch or an alteration, didn't, didn't get much empathy or understanding from their end, but it didn't affect us as much, you know, it was an annoyance, but it wasn't something that, you know, really set us back or was a huge nuisance. But with clinic, I, I have been surprised at how the administration handles our um, requests, our um, concerns. It almost feels like we don't have a voice at all. Um, and I think that was my my biggest shock because coming into to Penn and having that such great um, like genuine interview experience, which I know it was like the people who interviewed me were genuine and wonderful. Um, and I know that who they are isn't a reflection of the school as a whole. Um, but I just, I think I was just shocked at the extent to which the administration takes things so far without taking into our, um, into account how it will affect us. But like I said, you know, there's always, a way to look at the positive and spin it in a positive light. Um, we, I don't have too much time left, but it's not even it's not even that. I have learned a lot. I've had a really good clinical experience. I think the clinical faculty are amazing. Um, I have no complaints about the clinical faculty. I think for the most part, they really they want us to do well. They want us to learn. Um, they want us to get out of here as competent dentists who are going to thrive wherever we end up next. Um, but I was surprised. And it's also not just how they treat us because how the, like I said, the changes affect the clinical faculty too. So it's 
kind of like a respect for the students and the faculty. So I was, um, I was surprised at that kind of disconnect there. But yeah, I think that's my, my biggest surprise. I see. Were you able to build strong relationships with faculty at Penn? I was. Um, I think it's, they may, especially last year, because our clinic groups were smaller before the clinic change. I still think it's, it's possible to build good relationships because we are with the same faculty um, for certain days. They're assigned certain days to be with our group. Um, but I think the faculty there, like I said, they do want us to learn and grow. So they're so willing to help. And so if you get close with a certain faculty, you tend to be drawn to work with them more and more. And I think that helps build a strong relationship. And I found it easy to ask people for letters of rec because I felt like my clinical experiences with them were positive, but it's, it's a two way street. Like I thought that, you know, they were positive towards me and understanding and, and very patient with the learning experience and the clinical transition, like into seeing patients. So I think a lot of the faculty do possess that really patient empathetic quality that you need in a successful uh, clinical faculty because we are still learning. And sometimes I know, you know, of course some faculty can get frustrated and forget that this is a school and this is a learning environment and you know, that no one's perfect. And believe me, I've had tough days in clinic. I, it hasn't been all easy, um, but I think for the most part, I can say confidently that the faculty are very good about understanding that this is a slower process for us, that we're learning, that we're growing and it's gonna take time. So that makes it easy to form good relationships with them because there's mutual trust and respect. That's really well said. So yeah. thinking it must've been pretty disruptive being, I guess you never went home, but at the beginning of COVID, you weren't going into clinic. In mm -hmm. the week slash months leading up to applying to residency. Mm -hmm. So you probably had thought you would have had a couple more months to strengthen those relationships and yeah, absolutely. So how did you navigate asking for letters during COVID? That's that's when a really good question. Like when What's that? when did you end up applying? What was your timeline? So I think the portal, if I'm not mistaken, the past portal opened sometime in April or May. Um, and we were told that like a few months in advance. So of course, you know, you get the email and your heart starts palpitating. You're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. Um, but with the pandemic, you're right. It was, I almost felt a little bit, not guilty, but almost like, darn, I wish I had more time to really develop good relationships with these faculty. I felt like they were good, but I felt like they could have been better if I had had more time. And I questioned, like, was that enough time for them to feel confident to write a good letter for me? Um, but in the end, I think, you know, of course, it ended up working out, thankfully. Um, but it was a challenge to go about asking when I knew that it would have been much easier if we had more, more in-person clinic time. We had some um, online like clinical seminars um, and I tried my best to like participate in them and 
like do my best to show that I was, you know, still trying hard and trying to be a competent student. I think that helped, but the whole application process was a little bit stressful during, during COVID um, because I think our, our class group meet was, you know, blowing up, everybody talking about it. And um, it is, it can be an overwhelming process because there are so many steps and we weren't in school, so we couldn't go to certain, you know, faculty with questions or upperclassmen. Um, I think that would have made the transition into applying a lot easier if we had had the upperclassmen available to talk to about it. Um, but it overall, um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I think the hardest part was my writing personal statement, as it always has been. <laughs> It's a bear. <laughs> that's good. That's positive, though. I was thinking you'd say it was super disrupted, and it was very. Strange. In a way, it was because it wasn't the traditional like trajectory, you know, clinic and applying, and you have all these references and all these people to talk to about it, like the upperclassmen and you know the resources at school. So in a way yeah it was like okay I'm doing this from home um I don't really I'm kind of just like shooting in the dark here I don't really know what I'm doing but I think having that extra time at home was helpful because it allowed us to like spend more time on the applications that we wouldn't normally have had like I think I rewrote my personal statements <laughs> I don't even know how many times countless times but I would have been a lot more stressed about it if I was also doing clinic when I was trying to conjure up that first few drafts. Okay. So pros and cons. Definitely. Definitely. So what else can I ask you? Um, is the pass application similar to the ADSAS application where you have a single portal and you just submit to x number of schools or do you have to do individualized apps to different okay it's yeah it's just one place which which, which makes it really easy and it's actually pretty straightforward there are different tabs and it's pretty um like well broken down so you can but it's just a monotonous process you know of course filling everything out and getting the letters of rec and deciding which schools to apply to and some schools have supplemental applications a lot of them do um and also, you know, the money, it's expensive, but it's all in one place. So that's the good news. Okay, cool. I'm talking to my friends, Janine and Anna, applying oh, yeah. to PhD programs where they have to create different applications for each PI and each program. And I'm just oh my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I can't imagine on top of it all, like that's so much extra stress and pressure. No. but so for we're lucky that for us it's all in one place okay yeah and when you started to get interviews were they all remote or were some in person they were all remote um except I kind of panic applied to a few places towards the end because I was like I I, I need more interviews <laughs> I don't have enough <laughs> me getting all neurotic um and the one of the last um, places I got accepted for or invited for an interview was in person um, and ended up being two days before Christmas. So 
I know. Luckily, it wasn't far. It was drivable. Okay. But I did have one in person. And at the time when I was told it was in person, I wasn't thrilled with the idea just because, you know, it's holiday time. It's kind of a burden. But afterwards, I understood why. And I think I think it'll be much better. I think for you guys, it will be in person. At least I hope. Because seeing the the facilities and being able to talk to people and residents in person really made a big difference. And I kind of wish I had more in person, you know, to a safe extent, but um, unfortunately, yeah, they were mostly virtual. So I'm hoping that for you guys, what's that? You have to buy a ring light or some sort of light. Oh my gosh. So it's fun. <laughs> the setup I have now, and it wasn't facing, I actually turned my desk around. So it was facing my white wall okay. and I had like a cute little, like a couple decorations behind it. So it wasn't so boring. Um, but I thought that that would be like the most professional, just like kind of a blank canvas. And, but I have my uh, like desk lamp and another little lamp here. A lot of people bought ring lights though. Okay. A lot of people following lights, but I kind of improvised with what I had. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird time. I literally I know. Imagine doing a virtual interview. In in some ways it was good because it did save a lot of money from traveling and, you know, hotel expenses. Um, and also just you know, the time spent away. I think, you know, you have to take the day off, of course, but some people, you know, a lot an extra day for travel I applied to places farther than I would have if it were in person for sure mm -hmm. so being able to experience that and have the opportunity to interview at a place that you might normally not have applied to was nice so definitely pros and cons but I would have loved to be able to be in person too so definitely benefits to each to each one now, what was the culture among your classmates when you were applying to residency? Were you all um, transparent or maybe in your friend group? Were you, were you being I open? think, yeah, I think for the most part, people were, so I, I applied, as you know, for, for GPRs. And I think because general is just overall less competitive, you know, I don't even want to say specialty, but like aspect of dentistry and the whole application process. I think people who were applying to GPRs were a lot more open about the process. Like I had a lot of friends who applied and I don't think any of us had any problem like sharing where we applied or sharing where we got interviewed or interviews. And I did hear though that um, some of the other specialty programs were a little more like hush hush and a little more competitive about um, their you know, experiences, where they were getting interviews, what their top choices were, um, just because I think it's more of a, there's more of a competitive nature to the specialties. Um, so yeah, overall, I think there was a lot of openness, but in certain pockets of it, there was some competitiveness as well. Among that makes sense. Did most apply GPR or specialty? Um, a lot of GPR, some are going straight to work. Um, and then I have a couple good friends going into OS and I have several good friends going into PEDS. Nice. So yeah, a lot of smart cookies. I could never. <laughs> hey, yeah, you could. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> this is how our conversations go. <laughs> I know. I'm my goodness, I know. <laughs> 
you are one of the most capable, intelligent, like, oh my gosh, not even, not yeah. even. That's you that's you, my friend. Certainly could. Well, that's how I feel about you. So you. I'll tell you every day up until the point where you sub- <laughs> click submit for your application. Get carried away. <laughs> um, your biggest I support. I do this without you. Oh, I 100%. I'll take it to my grave. I would not be here without you at all. It's no question. We're so lucky. We're so lucky. We're so lucky. Yeah. It just, yeah. You fell right into my lap, like from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And the weird thing is, when is the last time we've seen each other? I don't know. Did I see you over the summer? Wow. It's been like almost a couple of years. Which I would never know. Wow. Like you I would never know. Think deep. I would never that's that's where I had to oh my goodness. Was it it was Ariel. Ariel is 25th. Oh my gosh. Wait, really? That was the last time we saw each other. (laughs) This has become so dramatic. Wow. It doesn't feel like that, which is good, but it's also nuts. It is. But I feel like I'm still with you because. A hundred percent. No, I just always. I always have that. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. That's why it's such a surprise that it's been that long because it doesn't feel like we're apart. Like, I feel like you're always there. I know. It's true. Forever. I'll be there. (laughs) Even if you don't want me to. (laughs) Mary now. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've been so needy with um my first up with my mom. No, not at all. I love I love it. I love helping out. I do not hold back as you know. Please don't. Oh my goodness, please don't. And when it comes to applying to like ask away. Be there. Don't worry. All the questions. <laughs> We're gonna have like a, a document ready. With I know. <laughs> no, I'm here for it. I love it. I'm happy to help. Okay. Especially because I know having even just someone who's willing to like listen or you know try to help it, it really makes all the difference. It makes you feel like much less alone. Not saying that I ever you know really feel that way because you're surrounded by everyone going through the same process, but it's nice when you're also kind of like out of the bubble, like having you in a same situation, but also different, it's, it really has helped so much because you get it, but you're not like exactly in the same spot. So it's, it's a refreshing perspective, but also one that's empathetic and understanding, you know? Totally. But a certain per there's only a certain type of person that can serve that role because yeah, I think about when you and I both applied to schools in 2016, Mm. 2016. So you were working, I was in my master's and it was decent. And I was going to school with people who were all getting in and I remember feeling like soul crushed, just like seeing people around me at school getting notice they had been accepted. I didn't get in that cycle, but I remember feeling like genuine pride in you 
And there was never any sort of like resentment or jealousy, like not even an ounce. It was only like pride and like I cried no. when you got in because I just- I cried when you got in. No. I cried when you got in. But that's that says so much about the person you are. You and you too now any sort of negative feelings in other people and that will but serve you well in your career. that's also though a very high reflection of who you are too because you don't feel resentment for people you care about who are in a position that you desire to be in like that's a huge quality that not a lot of people possess so that's something to be said about you too thanks too so yeah. <laughs> You really need to find people that lift you up and that want the best for you because we have definitely helped each other along. A hundred percent. It's, it's just like, would not, would not be here without you. That's hands down. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. I uh, was going through my Snapchat memories. I don't know. It must've been when you were applying, but I saw a Snapchat of my mom that said, I pray for you. I know. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It came up recently. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was talking to your dad. Oh, I had the privilege helping (laughs) down on their hands and knees praying for me. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, like feeling the support of you and your family like that's such a gift and we're I, always here for you my family loves you vice versa honey. oh my goodness we it feels like we are family cut each other off because we're just gonna keep I know we're like I love you I love you more <laughs> it's like never ending cycle it's like 3 a.m no I love you more <laughs> no you're better no you are <laughs> I love it though it's 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 so great like so much positivity I always like feel so like bubbly and happy when when we talk it it, it just like builds me up makes me just feel good and like